Welcome to the Yoga Teeth Podcast, mindfulness for dental professionals. I'm your host, Heather Bolton. Amanda RDH Bachelors graduated from Towson University with a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. After graduating, she spent several years working with special needs children. Amanda later returned to school to pursue a degree in dental hygiene at Northern Virginia Community College. She became a licensed dental hygienist in 2017 and has been practicing as a clinical dental hygienist ever since. She currently holds a dual licenses in Virginia and Texas. Amanda was born profoundly deaf, but has never let it get her way. Amanda is a new mom to a beautiful baby girl so has added motherhood to a resume. Amanda started a nonprofit called That Deaf RDH with a vision to ensure every deaf or hard of hearing person has the financial and community support they need to achieve their goal of becoming a dental hygienist. Outside of work and momming to her kids, she enjoys developing and sharing content for her blog, That Deaf Girl thatdeafgirl.com, advocating for inclusion in the general public and workforce on social media, inspiring individuals alike. You can find her at thatdeafrdh on Instagram and thatdeafrdh.org and thatdeafgirl.com. I am so excited to welcome Amanda on the show. Oh, <laughs> so excited. And it, it's really cool. I saw that you are the founder of a nonprofit mm-hmm. awards a scholarship to one deserving deaf or hard of hearing student pursuing hygiene every year. Yes. I um actually next month is September. It's deaf awareness month. So every September I like to do host a race to raise money for uh, that Deaf RDA scholarship so that, you know, we can help a student achieve the goals of the, you know, becoming a dental hygienist. That is so cool. What, um, I just have so many questions for you. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> How did you start that nonprofit or how did you get involved with that? I actually this started in the middle of the pandemic where you know all of a sudden you know the world kind of shut down everybody had to cover up and it was so terrifying I felt like I was in a position where I couldn't advocate for myself because you know truth be told I did go out you know, just to have some kind of normality back because I wanted to grab lunch. I just had my baby and I was, you know, I was hungry, I was nursing. I just wanted to get out of the house. So I went into the drive-thru and I asked this person to remove her mask and she wouldn't do it. Even seeing like standing five, six feet away from me and she still wouldn't do it. And I like told her what I wanted blindly. And I had the wrong order, but besides that, I experienced so much hate and, you know, ugliness with the mask wearing, because mask communication barriers cover up, you know, your lip and 
I, I rely on lip reading, so it was like really a really difficult time. But also, besides that, I was uh, writing an article, and I, I realized that there was like less than 1% of, you know, younger professionals out there that are deaf or hard of hearing, and I just felt like there needs to be more inclusion, more um, diversity within, you know, the dentistry world. And so I, you know, I started doing some research, I started writing some articles, and, you know, with the pandemic happening, Mark Wynn creating, you know, some barriers, I was just kind of like, I need to start a nonprofit and promote the inclusion, create more of a community support where, you know, people can, you know, feel welcome, people can learn about the different part of hearing community because, you know, that's just one thing that we can't do. We just can't hear, but we can do the job. We can, you know, go to school, get an education, and be who we want to be. And I think that the dentistry profession is, you know, a great way to, you know, get involved just because, you know, you have a one-on-one -on -one emphasis with the patient and she's a doctor. So it's not a big environment to get overwhelmed with the communication barriers, but it's also something that, people should be aware of, you know, have, having that mindfulness of, you know, taking care of your patient, but also working with a provider who's also hard of, got the heart of hearing. And even there are dentists out there that are deaf too. And it's like, I think something, you know, that we can all come together and just, you know, provide that community support. And that's just how kind of, you know, how that deaf ideation nonprofit came came about. So here we are. And it's only like two, three years old. So very new. And I um I'm just hoping to grow, get bigger from there and just, you know, create more awareness for people who are like me. You are so inspiring. I <laughs> I just love it. You um had a, a a struggle or had something that was a barrier and you decided to do something about it. Yes. And, you, and yeah. I mean, I knew that there were challenges even before the pandemic. I've been a hygienist for five years. Um, even going to school as a hygienist was really hard. Uh, I had people telling me, you would not be able to do this because you're deaf, you can't read, you read lips, you rely on this. And I was like, no, this is, you should not be telling somebody no because you know I was aware of the challenges, but I just started to fake it head on and just you know plow through it and just smash the barriers down and just, you know do me. Yeah, I'm 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 extremely touched by your perseverance, and I think that that's amazing. You had all these negative um, forces on you. And you decided to do it anyway. Yes, yeah. And I think it's so important to, you know, have that mindset of, you know, staying positive and, you know, keeping that self-advocation within you to, you know, use it. Because everybody can do it. Yeah, that I, that's the sole purpose of why I wanted to have you come and be on the show because I feel like you're an advocacy icon. 
And you're, you're not only advocating for others, but you also advocated for yourself. And sometimes we as hygienists, we have a hard time advocating for ourselves, or as humans also. So that's pretty amazing. So besides the negative um, words that you experience, what other barriers have you had? Like, you know, for, with hygiene school, for example, I, um, Once I was accepted, I had to go to the disability service just to make sure that, you know, I could get all my accommodations in order to make sure that I can be a good student. And um, so they didn't know at the time. And we had to meet with the instructor. So we got everybody together. And we, they were like, well, how can you hear with the septic group? And I was like, can we use the automatic pressure cuff? And so that was there, but nowadays there are septic groups out there that can connect to a Bluetooth with the hearing aids. My hearing aids don't have Bluetooth, but there are technology out there that is growing and making it more accessible for the medical and dental community. So yeah, at the time, blood pressure cuffs, I utilize technology, which is where Akisha would wear a remote, uh, like a microphone, and then there would be somebody else remotely who is a sonographer transcribing every single word that the instructor was saying. So, but I had to get rid of that because there was so much work. When you're in high school, there's just so much reading, so much material that you had to understand. I just could not like read the book and then read the transcript. So I got rid of that. Took a, you know, focus solely on like my book, PowerPoint, and just reading the lips from a teacher. So, um, and then my grades got better from there. So I think it took a lot of trial and error to find what works for you as a student. But I've noticed, I guess, you know, since I was a kid going to school, college and then going back to school for hygiene, I've noticed accommodations have gotten better and better and better and more people are utilizing the technology. So yeah, with Mac wearing at the time, we didn't have clear Mac. So what we were supposed to do, we had to go to another room, pull down the Mac and talk, communicate, things like that. Um, and they just had to be okay with it. And then yeah, with COVID hit, you know, we were all on lockdown and then I had to really force the use of ClearMark because more ClearMark started coming out. So at first we were using the face shield and then um, ClearMark was worn during doctor patient exams. So I would wear my um, regular mask and the doctor would come in, she would take out her uh, regular mask and then put the clear mask on. So that worked out really well. It was just a lot of um, heavy burden, I guess you can say, because of how things have gotten harder post-pandemic than it was, I guess, a couple of years ago. So I've learned more about myself and more about self-advocating and feeling that I had to 
really like push myself forward on making the world an inclusive place. So that's also how I became a speaker as well. Wow. So you have been doing the, um, like the, that deaf girl for only like two or three years then? The, the, I'm sorry, dental hygienist? No, the dental hygienist you've been for five years, right? Yes. Okay. And then you started advocating the last two or three years? Yeah, more so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love that. I love trying to be inclusive to everyone. I had a patient the other day that was deaf and her mom was helping with the translation, but um, just at the beginning, but I was alone with her during the dental cleaning. And I don't know sign language, but I know like, thank you and you're beautiful. Yeah. And no one told me that she was that she was deaf before the appointment and she was a very quiet person. But after observing for a little bit, then I said, You're beautiful and thank you for coming. She she like totally lit up. I feel like even just the little things, even if you don't know Spanish or American Sign Language, just um trying can help but what are your thoughts on that you are doing the right thing I um it takes a little bit of um you know having that mindfulness putting yourself in their shoes because they don't understand why people like the the world all world like the hearing world is inaccessible and they're they're kind of stuck so when you open when you sign for them you open that door that you know it's possible to communicate even little things like that and you you shown that there are providers out there that can help you and you're doing the right thing. So look what baby stuff can help out with that. How can we, or how can patients find a hygienist that speaks like American Sign Language or can read lip? Is there a resource? I, you know, I am trying to figure that out myself I you know personally and that's why part of why I'm trying to grow my nonprofit so I can have more resources for you know patients that are looking for a gut hygienist um but the population is so small we, we um I rely on social media so I've been finding very few so like very few dentists that live there, there's one in like Michigan, there's one in Dallas, and then there's one in um uh there's a bunch in the DC area that I'm aware of. I know that even though there, there may not be a deaf general hygienist that knows ASL, but there can be a deaf friendly op, if that makes sense. So there is one in Carrollton, Texas, and then there's one in um 
melanin samaya dashishvara sarava bashamara um so yeah it's just little by little i'm like learning about all these things and i'm trying to like put it together so hopefully people can come out and say oh you know i only practice but we also get friendly so finger crossed on that oh my gosh i'm so sorry vicky's making me oh no worries i'm wondering how can we become a deaf friendly uh operatory would that be having to do with how did the disabilities act come about so if you if you'd like to be a deaf friendly operator you could like that on your website let them know that you can have interpreters available um even just little things like text messaging options, email, just like a booking on your website. Um, you know, being inclusive, little stuff like that can help help us get through the grow because healthcare and dental care for get the hard of hearing community lacking because nobody had the resources to give them the care because every time somebody requests you're going to interpreter, they're denied. So you're denying their civil rights as a patient. So they will walk away, you know. And um, so the American Disabilities Act was signed July 26, 1990, and it was modeled after the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So back in 1964, that Civil Rights Act did not include people with disabilities. So people with disabilities at that time were fighting for their own rights because people who had disabilities were put into a mental institution where their conditions were terrible. They weren't getting education. They, they were living in feces and vomit and, you know, like the care that they were getting was awful. So people with disabilities were fighting at that time. And then the Rehabilitation Act came on and there was a session 504 particularly stated that uh, do not discriminate against the disabled. But they didn't pass it at the time because, I, I, because they didn't want to spend the money to, you know, provide access out in the public area, you know, ramp, wheelchair accessible elevators, things like that, or uh, interpreters, they just could not like provide all that, all of they could, they didn't want to spend the money. And then finally session 504 passed. And then I guess at some point they tried to kick it away because it was costing too much money, so they tried to overturn it. And then, you know, then we also had some, another law that was passed after that. And then finally, the American Disabilities Act came into law in 1990. So that's 32 years ago. And that was the tip of the iceberg because at the time, it was supposed to you know, give the rights of so many people with disabilities. But there's so more work to do, you know, and I was born in 1986, so at the time that had just came on and I was 
still trying to get educated in a public school in the mainstream system with, you know, with just a little bit of help just to, you know, get me through school and the accommodations, you know, like having a note taker was needed at the time. I didn't need an interpreter, but, and then all these things started piling up. Like I, I had, by the time I went to college, they utilized technology with, with what I used in high school. But I didn't have that at the time because it wasn't available or the school couldn't find it. So it's just money. It's just a money thing that people don't want to spend on. And I think that's a problem in the healthcare and general system because nobody just wants to spend the money. They, the ADA law says that you are required to provide an interpreter at no cost. Mm-hmm. But if you're a small business, you can get tax credit for it. Uh, I don't think people are aware of it. Um, even today, doing like just listening to a webinar, and there's no closed caption. I have to pay for a, a service on my app, like on my phone, to take the class on top of paying for that webinar. So I can understand what's going on. And yeah, it's, just, it's still a problem these days. So that's just the tip of the iceberg when it came, became a law. And then after, I think in 2009, they started doing all of the um, amendment act, which is like Title One, Title Two, Title Three, Title Four, and then Title Five which um, explained a breakdown because it doesn't just cover people in, who are in, employed, but also, you know, <clears throat> making public accommodation and not discriminating other people. It's, we, just, we just have a, so much, such a long way to go. We do, and we've come a long way. But what is something that I could do today, like starting today, besides looking into like the tax credit? For example, um, if you came in and I had the honor to clean your teeth, how could I make the visit more comfortable for you? I'm wondering, does the ultrasonic affect your hearing aids? So... You could uh, have clear mask available. You can find it anywhere, you know, clear mask, safe and clear, roughing over, bunny shape mask. They're all available like a clear mask. They're all um, level three, which is, you know, what we require. And um, we can get them on Amazon too, but make sure that the windows are wide enough so that they can see visual cues on your lips. But first, ask them if this is something that you can do, rather than you know assuming that they that they read lips. You know, sometimes because not everybody who are deaf or hard of hearing need to read lips. Not everybody who are deaf or hard of hearing use ASL. So it's always important to ask them upfront. You know, this is what I um if they tell you they're deaf or hard of hearing, ask them. What can we do to help you make your visit more comfortable? 
uh, as further orchestratic. It depends. I um I do have trouble with it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just shut it off my hearing because I use it all day long. But at the same time, you're able to let them know. You know, it might bother your ears, but if you want, you can kick them out. Uh, and you just know that you might get wet because uh, you know sometimes it can drip in the ears. But mm. if they want to kick it out, let them kick it out. Put it in a safe place for them. Um, yeah, I, I let them know, I even let my hearing patients know that they're going to get wet, the noise might bother them, and, and um, it's just an effective tool for me to use to help you. Yeah, I think that is one of the most important things we can do is just to ask, what can we do to make your visit better? today or make you more comfortable and we can apply that to all our patients. Yes. And you know, um most disabilities are invisible, you know, like hearing loss, even vision loss as well. And um it's always important to, you know, put yourself in issues and just act before you catch them, before you know, you assume that before you say sign, things like that. So I think it's, um, you know, being mindful of how you are as a person, what they're doing, and, you know, look at their body language. All these little things are really important to, you know, help you be a good provider for your patients. Yeah, I love that. Do you think, that when somebody has a disability, that it is harder for them to get into dental hygiene school? Not it because is. they have a disability, but because maybe they don't, the schools don't want to accept them because they don't want to accommodate them. It is. Um, and the burden falls on us because we have to work harder to get into school, you know, you know, try to get better grades and other curriculums, try to, um, we might have to go back to school and get our general assistant certification to make it look good on our application to, to show them that we can do it. I, I mean, it took me three years to get into the program. And I had to go to, you know, a certification program just to help my, help my uh, application. I had to improve my grades in other classes too during that time. And then, you know, I finally got in. It was, um, and this probably goes for everybody because we are hard workers, but it's, I think that they probably feel like we might cause a little bit of a setback in the program because of, you know, the other extra work that they have to do for us. But we're also working really hard for you guys because we want the education. We want to be, we want to have a career. Yeah. I, I love that. My heart is jumping up with joy right now because you're not acting like you are a, a weak link. Like you're acting like, no, I'm, I'm working hard too. Mm -hmm. You're, I think a, a key thing is not acting like a victim and 
and just starting to advocate for ourselves, whatever that struggle is in our life. Um, because everyone has different struggles and it, you've had it, um, some major setbacks, but you did it. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I... I don't consider myself a, like a hero, you know. I um, I mean, I'm here to inspire people. I mean, I'm just being who I am, and they just have to let other people know that we can do the work. But there is still some work that needs to be done to, to be included into society, you know. Yeah, I totally feel that from you. I know that I can tell that you're just a a very genuine human just wanting to help people. And that's just where the whole thing um, is grown from within you. Yeah. You just want to help others and advocate them. That is a true hero when you're not thinking about the fame or anything like that. You just truly want to help others because of the struggles that you had and you want to make it easier for the future. Yes, I do. You know, changing the world one step at a time. Yes, one smile at a time. That's one smile at a time. Can't forget yeah. that. Yeah, I love it. But is there anything that you want to share with my listeners? Um, like one last thing? I know. I just, you know, I, well, I mean, I have so much I could share, but, you know, just right. uh, support others that are trying to follow their journey and, you know, keep smiling, be the best you can be. Yeah, I love that because um, a smile can really go a long way. It can, it can bring people at ease and I am just so thankful that you were willing to come on my podcast today, especially since I know you're so busy advocating and working and you have kids and you're in the middle of a move, right? Yes, I have three kids and go two and a half and we're trying to move. Hopefully the house will be finished in two weeks. It looks like it may not be, but you know, here's hoping, try to stay positive control what you can control and you know like hopefully we'll get there <laughs> what what I really get from you what I learned from you is if you're not happy about something do something about it yes and uh, then uh, you can really just change the world yes. and, that's, yeah. and that's what you're doing thank you so yeah. much for having me I enjoy you know, just talking with you and I felt like this was a really good conversation. Yeah, I feel like I could talk to you all day. There's so much more that I would want to talk to you about. I would love to have you on again. And I was a little nervous because I, mm -hmm. I wanted to interview you so badly, but I also didn't want, I, I didn't know how it would work. And I was worried that I would like offend you. Like you can't interview you, me. I'm I'm deaf, but I I didn't know. So I just asked, like, is there a way that I could interview you? And you were able to educate me on how that could work. 
Yes. And um, yeah, there's so many, I mean, the possibilities are endless. And you, you cook the fish up to, you know, act. And that's all you can do. Just act. How can we make this work? And we can, we can help you too. So. Yeah, I love it. I just want to thank you again for being on my podcast today. I feel so incredibly thankful once again. And I'm just so glad that we've been able to become friends and um, collaborate and get to know each other. I love it too. I am so thankful to meet you as well. And um, I love learning about you on social media. So keep doing you and hopefully we'll meet again. Yeah, I hope to meet you in person. So I I probably would act like we're old friends and um, scream too loudly. (laughs) I will give you a big hug. Yes, but I hope you have a, a wonderful day and I really appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Uh, Bye. Or or, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You You're beautiful. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you again, Amanda, for being on the Yoga Teeth podcast today. I will provide her contact info and other information in the show notes. You can find a sweater and shirt at yogateeth.com in honor of her foundation. The proceeds will be donated to her foundation for her scholarship fund. Thank you. If you have any mindful tips that can improve a dental hygiene career, I would love to hear them. I am always wanting to improve on this important topic. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Yoga Teeth. I'm Heather Bolton, the yogi hygienist. Namaste.